Amen. Praise the Lord. I am thankful for mercy. Amen. And for the privilege of being here today. Amen. Open your Bibles, please, to Psalms 126. Psalms 126. So many wonderful things going on around here. <laughs> I was looking over the bulletin this morning. I was reminded of what Brother Avery Rogers said years ago. Uh, he had a church in Victoria, Texas, and God blessed it so it, it voluntarily uh, divided. Now, a lot of the Baptist churches divide, not always on good accord, but this one did. And uh, part of the, it was during the Depression days, and part of them started meeting across town in an uh, to, to, old tobacco warehouse. And uh, they couldn't afford to build another building, so they just moved and had part of the congregation on one side of town. And he pastored both churches, ran back and forth. Both churches grew to over 2,000 during the days of the Depression. And uh, they always had something going on. And had this lady who came and attended for a while. And he went by to see her and talked to her. And she said, Dr. Rogers, she said, I'll be honest with you, I love your church. And she said, but I, I don't think I'm going to join and he said, why? She said, I don't have the physical stamina uh, to, to be a member of your church. And uh, some of you may feel that way. I thank you so much for all those who went to help Miss Donna on Friday. And then for all those who went out and helped at Stillwater on yesterday. Then you were back at the singing last night. And uh, we had a great service here with the Tim Green Trio. And first time they'd ever been here, first time they'd been most anywhere because they, they just got started as a, as a trio, but they did a fantastic job and, and they were a blessing. I've got one verse this morning that's in, in my heart and I, I've always felt like that if something blessed me, it bless you. So I, I've just got put this in my heart early in the week and uh, he really spoke to me and I thank him for it. In Psalms 126, I'm read one verse, verse number three. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we're glad. I wonder how many of you on your heart this morning, as you begin to think about it, how many great things has the Lord done for you? And a while ago when Phil and Jana came in, I, I asked them about their grandbaby. And uh, he's going home today. And thank the Lord for that. Isn't that a great thing that God's done that for that baby and uh, for, for uh, Jonathan and Melissa? I thank the Lord for that. God's a great God. He's done so many great things for me, so many great things for you. And the Bible says, and David said in this psalm, whereof we're glad. I want us to bow together for prayer. Father, I ask now the Holy Spirit of God to breathe on me. God, without you, we can do nothing. And God, I ask now that the sweet Holy Spirit of God would take me, fill me to overflowing. And God, I pray as we share these simple truths that God this morning, that God, somebody who doesn't know Christ, somebody who doesn't have any joy, who doesn't have any peace, I Father, they'll be saved today. And I pray God for the saints of God, that God, that you'll lift every burden, every care, and God, that you'll move in a very special way and we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus name. Amen. I am, I'm blessed that the, the Lord is so good to me and I want to preach to you in a, uh, right now. It says in this passage of scripture, the Lord hath done great things for us whereof we are glad. I want to preach to you for just a few minutes on we 
are glad. Sometimes the cares and the burdens of this world get so heavy that you don't know where to turn. You're trying to figure out everything and trying to figure out why you feel like you feel and why you're depressed or what's going on. Sometimes you can't even put your finger on it and you don't know what to do. Well, I'll tell you, everybody gets that way sometimes. Sometimes you get in a mood and you don't know why it is. You know, I, I was telling about that being a revival this past week and the preacher was talking about, and he's talking about women. Can you imagine a preacher talking about women? He's talking about wives and especially, he said, wives, he said, they're different. He said, most of the time they don't know what they want and then they get mad at you because you don't know what they want. And, uh, but at any rate, here, sometimes you just don't know what's wrong with you. Sometimes you don't know why you feel down, everything. But let me tell you something. I, I think I found a little bit of a remedy. It said, the Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we're glad. If you begin to think about all the good things God's done for you, it'll create gladness in your heart. You can rejoice. It may not change your financial picture. It may not change your physical condition. It may not change your environment or surroundings around you, but it'll change your heart and your attitude to where you can be glad in the Lord. I want you to take your Bible, and I, I thought I'd write some of these scriptures down, just read them to you, and then the Lord kind of checked me, and he said, no. He said, have to look at them with you. Look in John chapter number 20. Let me show you the first reason that we ought to be glad and that personally I am glad. And the gospel of John chapter 20 and verse number 20. Look at it with me, please. In John chapter 20 and verse 20, it has to do with the resurrection of the Lord. He comes to them as they are assembled on the first day of the week, Jesus came and stood in the midst. The Bible said, and he said unto them, peace be unto you. But now look at verse 20. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. I don't you know, I'm glad. And we ought to be glad that we have a risen Savior. Amen. I'm glad he's alive. He came and he suffered and bled and died. He bore all your sin and he paid your sin sin debt and my sin debt, but thank God he came out of that grave and he's alive right now. He's real. Well, somebody said, well, Brother Billy, how about all this business uh, about judgment day and the end of the world? And I've had a lot of people ask me about it. And I said, I don't know if he's coming on, on May or whatever yesterday was or not, but if it does, it'll be okay. I said, but I, I personally don't believe that he will. And I have some reasons for that. Sometimes if you want to ask me this morning, uh, kind of early, Brother Wayne Hargrove called me, a preacher friend of mine from down in Kinley. And he called and I answered the phone. He said, good. I said, what do you mean good? He said, I just want to check, make sure you were still here. He said, because I'm, I'm here. And I said, well, I said, i tell you what, Brother Wayne, you should have called. Check on Brother Bobby Carton. He's the one you should have called. But uh, if anybody leaves out, Brother Dr. Bobby Carton leave out when the Lord comes. But I'll, I, I'll tell you this. I don't know when he's coming, but I know he's living. Amen. I'm glad that he's able to walk with you and talk with you. It, it's a, he's a personal savior. You don't, I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for a Baptist or a Methodist or assembly of God. But somebody who's met the Lord Jesus Christ, it said they were glad when they saw him. And if you'll ever see him, if you ever see him as your personal savior and you receive him as your savior, you'll have gladness in your heart because he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you and you'll know he's with you. My dear friend, sometime when you get down, you know what to do. Why don't you just 
rear back and start praising God that you have a risen Savior and to bring gladness to your heart to know that there's not a grave that you can go to where Jesus is buried. There's an empty tomb, but he's not there. He's alive. He's alive and he's alive and he'll save you today and he'll be with you no matter what you're going through today. He's a living Savior. I want you to look a little further in your Bible, please, in the book of Ephesians. The Bible said he's done great things for us whereof we are glad. Look in the book of Ephesians, if you will, please, in chapter number two. Ephesians chapter two, and look at verse number four. I'm glad I have a risen Savior. I'm glad of that. Are you glad that you have a risen Savior? Say amen. Amen. Now look here in Galatians chapter number two. The Lord's done great things for us. Look at verse number four. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Here it says, great love. I'll tell you this morning, I want to thank the Lord that he loved us with a great love. How many of you are glad that he loved you with a great love? I thank God. That ought to make you glad. Sometimes you may not feel like anybody else loves you. Uh, Sometimes you may not feel like mom and daddy and anybody or your husband, your wife or your your family or your friend, your neighbor. Sometimes you just go through those times when you think nobody really cares and nobody loves you. But I want to tell you something. He loves you. He not only loves you, but he loves you with a great love. Thank God for the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad he loved us. He loved us and gave us all this beautiful creation and joy. But more than that, he loved us so much he gave his only begotten son that whoso believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Thank God. I'm glad for his love. You know what? I'm glad though I don't deserve it, he still loved me. I'm glad that that, that though I'm not always faithful to him, he still loves me. I'm glad that regardless of what happens or what comes, he loves me with an everlasting love. And if if that ever break on your heart and my heart, we'll have gladness in our heart to know that he loves us. And what a blessing. I'm glad. Whereof? We're glad. I'm glad for that great love wherewith he loved us. But now look over in the book of Acts. Go back to the book of Acts. And in chapter number four, I want you to look in chapter number four and in verse number 33. Acts chapter four and verse 33. Listen to the testimony of that early church and what the Holy Spirit of God says about that. And Acts chapter four, verse 33 and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of our of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. The Bible said that he hath done great things for us, whereof we glad. I'm glad for his great love. I'm glad for a resurrected Savior. I'm glad also that in this passage of Scripture, he talks about great power and great grace. I appreciate the grace of God. You know what? The Bible said he's able to save to the uttermost all that call upon him. You cannot go so far that his grace will not reach you. His grace is able to save to the uttermost all that call upon him. And I'm telling you something. You say, Brother Billy, I'm so bound up. I'm so in bondage. I I don't know where I'm going to turn or what I'm going to do. But I'll tell you something. His grace 
is able to reach and to save to the uttermost all that call upon him, regardless of where you are or what you've done, where you've been. I don't think she's here this morning. She told me she had to work, but she was here last night in the evening service. On last Sunday, uh, we, we, after lunch, we rode, rode over to Four Oaks and got us a little bit of ice cream with the grandchildren. And on the way back, there was somebody stopped over here on Raleigh Road, had run out of gas. And I stopped and spoke to the young boy and and uh, I told him, I said, I've got a gas can at the house. don't have any gas in it, but if you, I'll run and get that and go get you some gas. And so uh, Andrew and I went back. We put some gas in the car. And uh, I, I got a uh, five-gallon can full, praise God. And he sat there and drained every bit of it out. And uh, I, I just stood there. And then he, when he got it, he, I turned around and put the gas can in my truck. He screwed the top on, cranked it up, and left out and waved at me. I had, while he was waiting there, I, just before that, I had given him a track. And when he left, I, I told Andrew, I said, now, Andrew, I said, don't you learn something? I said, anybody helps you, ought to just tell them you appreciate, you know, and everything. And I said, but we did what God wanted us to do. And that's, that's all counts. Last Saturday, or this Saturday night, uh, no, I'm sorry, Friday night. Friday night, we had gone down to Becky for her birthday. And it was about 1130 at night when I got back. And on our answer machine was a young lady, and she said, Mr. Cashwell, she said, I want you to call me. I'd like to get saved. She said, I got a brochure from your church, and I didn't know what she's talking about, and it was late at night. She said, call me tonight or either in the morning. So I, I didn't call her, but I called her uh, yesterday, uh, Saturday morning. And as I talked to her, I come to find out that she is the sister of the young man that we got the gas for and she said, he gave me that little pamphlet you gave him. And she said, I've been reading over it and over it. And she said, I'll, I, I tell you what. She said, I finally come to the place Friday night that I asked Jesus to come in my heart and save me. And, and I, I hope I've done it right. And I said, let me tell you something. And I went through the plan of salvation. And, and, and she said, that's what I've done. And I said, did you call him? She said, I did. And, and boy, I could tell in her voice. And I, I, I said, we, we prayed together. And you know what? She said, God saved her. God forgave her. She came last night to the service, brought some of her family with her. Said she had to work this morning, but she might try to get off work to come. Hope she'll be back tonight. But I'll tell you something. I don't care who you are or where you are today in the radio audience or in this building. There's a God who's able through his great power to forgive you of all your sin, to break every yoke, to break every bondage, and to set you free and give you everlasting life. I, I up here, up the road, at a, a road, church up the road, Brother Law uh, and I were last night were talking about a, a young preacher. He's from down in South Carolina. He used to be a hell's angel. And just last week, Brother Jack Gassaway called me, and he, he'd had the same fellow preach a revival for him. It's supposed to have been a three-day meeting. It ended up two weeks. But God saved that boy. He said he had a picture of him. He's 32 years old. He was a hell's angel. Had hair all the way down to his back. Tattoos all over his body. Always wears long sleeve shirts now because he's got tattoos all over his body. But you know what? He said God saved him. God forgave him all his sin. Broke every bondage, every yoke. And now he's got him preaching across the country. God's able to save to the uttermost because of his great power. But I'll tell you something. It, 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 the same grace that saved that fellow. 
The same grace that saved that girl last night, same grace saved me. Same grace that saved you. And you know what? He, he has the power to save and to keep and to satisfy. I'm glad of that, aren't you? I'm glad he can save. I'm glad for his grace. And we're glad for the great grace of the Lord and for the great power of the Lord. Look over in the book of Hebrews, if you will, please. In the book of Hebrews in chapter number two. And here's another passage of scripture uh, about something that God has for us. God's done great things for us, whereof we're glad. Look in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. I call your attention, please, to verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by them that heard it? Notice that phrase, great salvation. I am I'm thanking the Lord today for a risen Savior. I'm glad of that. I, I'm glad for His mercy. I'm glad for His grace. I'm glad for his power. I'm glad, my dear friend, for so great salvation. Oh, you say, Brother Billy, what's so great about it? Well, it's great because he can save anybody. He can save anybody. Whosoever will may come. I'm thankful for that great grace that you don't have to have a special plan of salvation for the Filipino and one for the German and one for the American. I'm glad he said, whosoever will may come. It's great because of its invitation. He's able to save anybody. Anybody can be saved. He's able to change and make you a brand new creature. I'm glad because of the content of that salvation. In that salvation comes forgiveness. It comes a new life. It comes a new home. You got a promise of heaven for all eternity. You, you, you have the opportunity to have a brand new body one of these days. And thank God it'll carry you through the valley of the shadow of death and bring you out on the other side, on the glory land side, and you'll live in heaven for all eternity. I'm glad right now. Listen, he said the, the grace, the, the gospel that was spoke, first spoke by the Lord, he said has been confirmed throughout time. And I'm glad there's a long lineage of people who've experienced that great salvation. Have you ever experienced that salvation? Raise your hand. Do you know you're saved? Do you know heaven's your home? Isn't it great? Isn't it great to know that your sins are gone? Isn't it great to know that you have a home in heaven? Isn't it great to know that, my dear friend, that, that you are a child of the king? Well, my, listen, I'm glad of that. I appreciate the good blessings of the Lord. I've tried to run a little bit of my heritage back. I hadn't found anything that impressed me yet. I had a preacher friend, Brother Whistler. Hey, he was going to run his lineage back. He said he got far enough to find out where his great granddaddy fell out of a cemetery one morning trying to get breakfast. I said, that's as far as he went. But uh, I don't know what you've got in the back, back side of your lineage, but I know one thing. I, I, I one day became part of a royal family. I'm glad for that great salvation that took me out of the depths of sin and made me a child of the king. And I am now a son of God. And if you're saved, you are too. That's great salvation. That's something you ought to be glad about. Thank God for that. I'm glad for great salvation. I'm glad for what God did for me. Look back in the book of Psalms 120. I tell you, listen, there's a lot of things going on in your life and all around you. But my dear friend, sometime when you get to the place where you don't know what to do or where, which way to turn, I want you to get to thinking about what God's done for you. The Bible said he'd done great things for us, whereof we're glad. Look in Psalm 122, if you will, please. And I'm going to turn to there real quick myself. And in verse number one, Psalms 122, verse number one, simple little phrase that blesses my heart and blesses your heart, I, I trust. He said this, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, 
Let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm glad I've got a risen Savior. Are you? Say amen. Amen. I'm glad for his great love. Say amen. I'm glad for his great salvation. Say amen. I'm glad that I'm part of a great church. Say amen. I'm glad. I, I, I'm, David said I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. How, how many of you just like going to church? Raise your hand. Be honest with me now. You like going to church. I just like it. I like to get around the people of God, the things of God, and I just love to be around the house of God with God's people. I enjoy that. Doesn't mean you don't get tired. I don't get tired, but I'm glad. I'm, I, I'm glad that I'm part of a church not fussing and fighting all the time. Say amen. I'm glad I can go somewhere where I believe people really love me and care about me. I'm glad where I, I'm at a church that if I had a problem or need, I know they'd pray for me. I'm glad that God let me be part of a great church. My dear friend, I, and if you're not, if you're not part of a great church, you ought to find your great church somewhere. And there's plenty of them. There's plenty of churches across the country that God could put you in. I'm glad God let me put, be part of a great local church. But more than that, I'm glad that God made me be part of the bride of Christ, part of the big church. Amen. I'm glad. David said, I was glad when he went to the house of the Lord. Now, listen, I visit a lot of folk who are sick and the hospital and everywhere else. If they are faithful members, if they are faithful members of the church, you know what they talk more about than their pain? You know what they talk more about than the hospital food? You know what most of the saints of God that I, I visit and talk to, you know what they talk about? They say, preacher, I can't wait to get back to church. I can't. If, if, you get a, if you get the hospital or you get confined at the house, thank God for our internet. Thank God for the broadcast. Thank God for CDs and all the things. But it doesn't like being here. And you know what? It, 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 when the real saint of God, sometimes we don't really appreciate being part of a great church until we can't get here. But my dear friend, God has put you and me in a great church. And I'm glad of it. I'm glad that we have a church that loves God. I'm glad we've got a church that has a heart for mission and won't see people saved. I'm glad we, I'm part of a church that wants new folk to come in. And they'll love them and care for them and minister to them. And they want, to, want you to be a part. If you're a visitor this morning, if you're here, I want to say to you, this is a great church. Not because of the preacher and not because of anything, but it's because of the Lord. He's, God's done this. God's done this. Last night when we had the singers here, one of the guys named Mark Ivey, he's a member of, of, uh, of the uh, Lynchburg, up at Lynchburg, Thomas Road Baptist Church, Jerry Falwell. And Jerry Falwell's in heaven now, but his son Jonathan's a pastor. That's where his membership's at. He, and, and he sang with them. He sang on the television broadcast. He traveled with Dr. Falwell when he was living and sang for him. And, and, and he said, he said, preacher, this is a beautiful building. And, and, and I told him about what God had done. How God had done. And he said, how do, you, how do you explain out here in the middle of the country and God blessing in this building and, and folk coming? I said, well, I said, folk just prayed. And I said, and he asked me, we have a big outreach program. I said, well, we have a care ministry. We've got good folk. I said, but basically what it is, is, is people have brought people. People have found something where they got blessed and they went and got somebody else and brought them back. Can I tell y'all something? Listen, what I'm fixing to tell you now. People will hardly ever remember what I preach. But they'll never forget how they're treated at the house of God. They'll, they won't remember what I preach, but they'll never forget how you treat them. And that's why this church has grown. And if you're a visitor guest, I, I know that you've received a warm, warm welcome already. And I want you to know these people love you. Careful. If you've got a need, they'll come to your aid. They'll, they'll stand with you. They'll pray with you. I'm, I, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to take that for granted. 
I'm going to be glad of that. How many of you are glad that you're part of a great church? Say amen. I'm glad of that. Don't take that for granted. When the devil gets on you and you get to put your mouth and your lip rolls out at the bottom and you're feeling down in spirit, you say, well, praise God, I'm glad I've got a church family. I'm glad I've got folk who love me, folk who'll pray for me, people who stand with me. I'm glad God made me part of a great church. Praise the Lord for that. I appreciate that. Look in the Bible, please, to the book of Matthew chapter number five and verse number 12. The Lord hath done great things for us whereof we're glad. I'm glad for a resurrected Savior, great love, great grace, great power. I'm glad for a great salvation. I'm glad for a great church. And then I'll say this to you. I'm glad for the great privilege of suffering for Jesus. Look in the Bible, the book of Matthew chapter number 5 and verse 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. I probably should have read the verse before that, which says this. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you uh, falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they uh, the prophets which were before you. People say, well, I, you know what? I got to go into church and, and uh, got to try and do something for God. And people got to talking about it. Now, that's going to happen. How, how many of you are human? Raise your hand. How many of you are human here? No aliens here this morning? We're all human. Amen. Praise God. You know, it's kind of like Dr. B.R. Lakin said one time. He was in a meeting somewhere and he had this young guy driving him around. And, and, and he looked to the old preacher, Dr. B.R. Lakin. He said, Dr. Lakin. He said, I'm a new Christian. He said, how long, where will it get to where I don't have any problems or troubles? And, and about that time, they were riding by a cemetery. And Dr. Lakin said, son, look right there to your right. When you get right there, you won't have any more problems or trouble." And listen, can I tell you, as long as you're working with people, don't care who they are, where they are, there's going to be some conflict. Then there's going to be some intentional things. There'll be some people who will talk about you and do things about you at work and at school and maybe even somewhere among the, the, the uh, church fellowship. There will be people. Don't, don't get your feelings hurt. Don't, don't get despondent. Don't get down. If they talk about you, if they revile you, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Thank God. The Bible said they did that about the Lord too. And they, they talked about him. They, they re, rebuked him. And so be glad. I, I'm glad. And, and sometimes I, you say, well, I, I wish I didn't have all these problems, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Listen, the Bible said rejoice and be exceedingly glad because great is your reward in heaven. All those things you're suffering. Last night, if you missed last night, all the singing was great. But they sang a song. It's called The Cost of the Call. And buddy, I'll tell you right now, that was, that was one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. And I appreciated it so much. But listen, I'm glad for the privilege of suffering for our Lord. Let me show you another verse, if you will, please, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And will you look with me, please, at verse number 9. 2 Corinthians and then in verse number 9. Listen to what it says here. Paul has, we don't know what, uh, he said this. Verse number, uh, let me begin with verse 7, and I'll read down to my text first. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it, it might depart from me. Paul said, I had this thing. And he said, it, it was a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan that buffeted me. And he said, it was just, just on me all the time. And he said, I prayed about it three different times that God would take it away. Verse 9. And he said unto me, my grace 
is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Can I say this to you? I'm glad, I'm glad for the sufficiency of his grace. I'm glad his grace is sufficient. Regardless of whatever comes your way, regardless of the physical, the spiritual, or whatever it is that comes your way, God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. Aren't you glad for the sufficiency of God's grace? Some of you have had to walk to the cemetery behind a husband or a wife. Sometimes some of you have walked to the cemetery behind the casket of your baby or your child. Those are difficult times, I'm telling you. And you feel like your heart won't ever heal again. You feel like you couldn't take another step. Sometimes your whole world's crashed in and you think, I can't go on. But can I tell you something? His grace is sufficient. And he said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. When we're so beat down, we can't go. When we've cried as much as we can cry, his grace is sufficient. And I'll tell you something, he'll carry you through and he'll bring you out on the other side somewhere down the road. His grace is sufficient. You don't think you can go. You don't think you can endure it. You don't think you can stand it. But I'm glad his grace is sufficient. I'm thankful and I'm glad that he has extended to us this great thing called his grace sufficiency. I'm glad for that. How many of you are glad and you could testify his grace is sufficient? Thank God. I wouldn't want anybody to go through some of the things I've been through. I, I give testimony about our daughter die with leukemia. And I said, I wouldn't want anybody to go through that. But I can tell you this, his grace is sufficient. God will carry you through. He will. You might not think he can, but he will. Now, will you turn over to the book of Revelation? The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we're glad. I'm glad for the resurrected Savior. I'm glad for his grace. I'm glad for his power. I'm glad for his mercy. I'm glad for his salvation. I'm glad for his sufficient grace. I'm glad for the privilege of suffering for him. I'm glad. But tell you, I tell, can I tell you this? The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. When's he coming? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have, I don't, I, I think I might have some idea according to the biblical, uh, what I believe to be biblical calendar, but I don't know the date nor the hour. But I'll tell you something else. He said in the book of Hebrews that we ought to, we ought to not forsake this assembly of ourselves together and so much the more you see the day approaching. In other words, as you, 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 down, there's a sense that he's coming among God's people. You ought to be more faithful to God than you've ever been, more faithful to the church than you've ever been. But I can tell you one thing, I, without any shadow of a doubt, I can tell you one thing, he is coming. He is coming. The Lord's coming. But I tell, and I'm glad for that. I'm glad for the rapture. I'm glad for the resurrection. But I want to show you in the book of Revelation, verse number 19, or chapter number 19 and verse 7. Here's the verses preceding that of what's called the four hallelujahs. And then in verse number 7 of chapter 19, the book of Revelation, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him 
for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in white and fine linen, clean and white for the linen, fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, write, Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. He said, rejoice. Uh, He said, be glad and rejoice for the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm going to tell you right now, how many of you love to eat? Raise your hand. That's one of those rhetorical questions. I didn't even have to ask Baptist about that. I know you love to eat. Thank God that we do get to eat. Uh, And thank God God gave us the ability to eat. And, and that's a, a meal. The food is good. But a lot of times it's the fellowship in it. I mean, it's being around with God's people. It, it just seems like for just a short time, the world kind of stops. And you sit down and you eat. And, and that's a time for you to be together with your family or your friends. It, it, it's, it's not just the food. It is the fellowship and it's the surrounding. Well, I don't know what we're going to eat at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm not sure what kind of food they'll have there. I, I kind of feel like it might be Bojangles, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Bob said he'd give you the desires of your heart, you know. Amen. And manna pudding. Amen. Thank God for that. But watch. Listen. Be glad for the marriage supper of the Lamb. When the Lord comes back, wraps us the church out, we're going to leave out of here. And while this world goes through great tribulation, I believe you're going to be enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb. Be glad of that. When everything, you don't know where to turn, don't know what's going to happen. Nothing wrong with looking way down the road and think one of these days he's going to call me out of here. One of these days I'll have a brand new body. One of these days I'll sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb. The Bible said, be glad and rejoice that you're going to get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. What a blessing. What a time we're going to have over there on the other side. Thank God for that. How many of you glad for the marriage supper of the Lamb? You get to go. And, it, and my dear friend, all you got to do is be saved by the grace of God and you'll get to go to that marriage supper of the Lamb. And what a blessing it be. The Lord hath done great things for us whereof we're glad. I want you to leave here glad this morning. I pray that God the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart and reminded you of some very simple things and put gladness in your heart. You got caring burdens, financial, physical, family, all those things. But what I've shared with you this morning is the real. That's what's not going to ever change. And you can depend on that. And you you can rejoice in that. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad that you have a resurrected Savior. Be glad for His power. Be glad for His grace. Be glad for His love. Be glad for the privilege of suffering for Him. Be glad for the sufficiency of His grace. And be glad that you're going to get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Will you bow your heads in prayer with every head bowed, every eye closed this morning? We are glad. Are you glad this morning? Hallelujah for that. I'm glad. I'm glad. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for the wonderful singing of the choir and the congregation and for Dan and Tiffany and God for the word of God. I follow these simple truths that are so real, so poignant, so meaningful to all of us who really know you. God, I'm glad for the great love wherewith you loved us. I'm glad for your great power and your great grace 
I'm glad, Lord, for your sufficiency of grace. I'm glad, Lord, that, Lord, that through suffering and persecution and, and all those things, that great is our reward, which is in heaven. Lord, I want to thank you that you're coming again and that we'll get to sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Our Father, I pray, God, the Holy Ghost, to make that real for every man, woman, boy, and girl here. While we are praying, all of us here in the building, Rejoice and be glad. He has extended great mercy and great grace. And he saved you, giving you everlasting life. And for those of you who do not know him, can I say to you that he is no respecter of persons. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. If you want to have great joy, if you want to have great peace, you need a great Savior. And He's able to save to the uttermost all that call upon Him. Why, every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Could I ask you, men and women, boys and girls, if you're here this morning and you'd say to me, Brother Billy, if I were to die right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven. But I'd like to know that. I'd sure love the privilege of praying with you about that right now. Nobody will see your hand but me and the Lord. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to come to you. But I want to pray with you. And if this morning God and the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart and, and you say, Preacher, I'd like to be saved before it's too late. If I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven. I'd sure like to know that sometime. And Preacher, will you pray for me? If you're, law, if you're like that this morning, you say, Brother Billy, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven. Will you pray for me? Would you raise your hand right up and right back down? Nobody will see it but me and God. You may be a visitor or a guest. You say, Preacher, I don't know if I ever come back to this church. I, I, I want you to come back, but if you don't, I want you to go to heaven. If you don't know if you're saved tonight, today, would you raise your hand across the building? Anybody? Preacher, I'm not saved today. I want to know for sure that I'm saved. How many of you say, Preacher, I'm saved? And I know there's a joy in salvation, but sometimes I'm just down. Sometimes I don't know where to turn. And I, I, I want to just say this morning that God spoke to my heart. And I, I can really say that the Lord hath done great things for me, whereof I'm glad. I'm glad for the good things that God's done for me. And preach, I just want you to know that God spoke to my heart today. Would you raise your hand across the building? Oh, that's what I was praying God would do. I was praying God encourage your heart today. I was praying God just put some gladness in you. Thank you so much. Seems like there's been so much sickness, so much heartache with the home going of folk, with the storms and everything else. I believe God's people just need to be glad today. I hear the Father, you're wonderful. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we're glad. God, this morning, I believe you've chosen to use me to remind folk of some reasons they ought to be glad. And God, for just a brief moment, maybe for the rest of this day, and God, to encourage them through the coming week, God, I pray 
that you'd fill their heart with gladness. Pray, I thought you'd lift every burden, every care. Pray, God, they'd leave here rejoiced in you because of who you are and what you've done for them. And remember, the Lord hath done great things for us. God, I pray you'd help us never, ever lose sight of that. When heartaches come and troubles come and problems come and everything's happening, God, help us not to forget those things that you've done for us. Now, Lord, I, I prayed, I've asked you if there's a lost person here that they'd get saved. And God, nobody raised a hand that I saw. Lord, it'd be a blessing, it'd be a miracle almost if every member of this church was saved. If every, every person in this building was saved. And God, if, if that's not so, I'm asking the Holy Spirit of God to deal with their heart that they might leave here with real gladness.